Stories, Podcasts, Authors, Narrators, Interviews, Industry, News, Reviews. Sponsored by eAudioproductions.com. Welcome to the Audiobook Release Podcast, a show for audiobook lovers. Stay tuned as we share the latest news from the audiobook industry. We interview established and upcoming authors. We talk with popular narrators and review a wide range of audiobooks. Brought to you by eAudioProductions.com. Audiobook productions, podcast editing, music for media, voiceovers, song productions, and more. Hello, audiobook lovers, authors, and audiobook industry professionals. Welcome to the Audiobook Release Podcast. I'm Lee Gadel, narrator at Audiobook Release Publishing and voice actor at eAudio Productions. June is Audiobook Month, and we are happy to have this new podcast where we will be sharing audiobook industry news, author and narrator interviews, giveaway codes, and reviews. On this first episode, it being Audiobook Month, we thought we'd share the history of audiobooks. How and when did it all start? And how did it come to be a multi-billion dollar industry in 2020? History of Audiobooks Way back in 1977, when Thomas Edison designed the phonograph, the idea of recording spoken words became a reality. Among the first applications visualized by Edison as tools that can communicate with blind people effortlessly is the phonographic book. The first recorded spoken words on Edison's phonograph were, Mary had a little lamb. The phonographic book was demonstrated performing the cat and the fiddle, hey diddle diddle, and a line from a poem by Tennyson. Phonographs recorded audio on phonograph cylinders, but at those early stages, they were limited to just four minutes of audio. But they were the beginning of recorded spoken words. Therefore, spoken literature has always been associated with the tech right from the beginning. History of Audiobooks United States Beginnings to 1970 During the late 1800s and early 1900s, people sold several short spoken word recordings. However, the round cylinders couldn't last for more than four minutes. Hence, it was not feasible to record books. Before long, flat platters were developed and could perform 12 minutes, which was also too short for long recitals. Fortunately, they developed close-grooved records, which last for 20 minutes. With it, they were able to record longer spoken words. In 1931, the Talking Books program was created by the Library of Congress Books and the American Foundation for the Blind, AFB. The program is designed to supply reading materials for the injured veterans during World War I. Also, other visually impaired adults were expected to benefit from the system. In 1932, a chapter from Midstream and the Raven by Helen Keller and Edgar Allan Poe, respectively, were used for the first test recordings. Congressional approval for exemption from copyright was received by the organization. Also, the group earned the right to distribute talking books through postal address freely. In 1934, the Talking Books program was used to record the Declaration of Independence and other patriotic documents, plays and sonnets by Shakespeare, sections of the Bible, and fiction from Rudyard Kipling, P.G. Wodehouse, Cora Jarrett, E.M. Delafield, Gladys Hasty Carroll, and John Maysfield. In 1948, Ann T. MacDonald, who was one of the New York Public Library's Women's Auxiliary members, made a recording for the blind and dyslexic. Later on, the recording was renamed as Learning Ally. She recorded the spoken words due to several demands from blind soldiers from World War II. Even though all veterans are guaranteed a college education based on the GI Bill of Rights, 
The recently blinded veterans, who never read Braille or had access to live dealers, could not access the texts. Using the motto, education is a right, not a privilege, McDonald started a movement with the other women of the auxiliary. Eventually, the attic of the New York Public Library was changed into a studio. Within it, they recorded textbooks using a sophisticated 6-inch vinyl Soundscriber phonograph disc. The phonograph could play for about 12 minutes of material on each side. McDonald developed studios in seven other cities in the U.S. for recordings. Among the pioneers of the audiobook business is Cademon Records. It was the first company that solely sold spoken word recordings to the people. Consequently, the company is known as the seed of the audiobook industry. In 1952, the record label was established in New York by college graduates Marianne Roney and Barbara Holdridge. A series of poems by Dylan Thomas were compiled in the company's first release. The author read all the lines. On the B-side of the LP, A Child's Christmas in Wales was included as an afterthought. Even Thomas failed to remember the title as the story was obscure. However, he considered the recording as one of his most beloved projects. Also, the work propelled Cademon Records into the limelight and ended up becoming successful. For the 2008 United States Recording Registry, the original 1952 recording was chosen. It was credited with starting the audiobook industry in the USA. The LP record was designed in 1948, which made recordings to become cheaper and practical, was used by Cademon Records, but poems form most of the work. Rather than unabridged books, it consisted of plays and short works due to the limitation of the around 45-minute playing time by the LP. Another pioneering company was Listening Library. The organization shared children's audiobooks among libraries, schools, and other special markets. Also, they distributed the audiobooks to VA hospitals. In 1955, Anthony Ditlow and his wife created Listening Library in their Red Bank, New Jersey home. At this time, Ditlow was blind partially. Spoken Arts was another pioneering group in 1956. Arthur Luce Klein and his wife created the company and produced more than 700 recordings. The group was famous for recording poetry and drama works for schools and libraries. The new invention of LPs benefited both Spoken Arts and Listening Library. Also, it raised governmental funding for libraries and schools during the 1950s and 1960s. 1970-1996 During the early 1970s, most spoken recordings were made in 33 and a third vinyl record format for libraries and school. However, the general adoption of cassette tapes in the 1970s kick-started the emergence of the modern retail market for audiobooks. In 1962, cassette tapes were designed. Seven years later, some libraries, such as the Library of Congress, started to distribute books on cassette. By 1970, several technological innovations made the wide usage of the cassette tape in libraries possible. Also, it spurred the development of a new commercial market for the audiobook. Among the inventions is the use of portable and affordable players, such as the Walkman. Also, the use of cassette decks and vehicles became popular, most especially the imported Japanese models. It was available everywhere during the several energy crises in the decade. At the beginning of the 1970s, among the first commercial products sold on cassette were instructional recordings. As of then, eight companies were distributing materials on cassettes. One of the common titles included Managing and Selling Companies, 12 cassettes, which cost $300. Another example is the Executive Seminar in Sound, which included a series of 60-minute cassettes. 
A majority of books on cassette within the libraries were recorded for the blind and handicapped. Nevertheless, some novel organizations used the opportunity to make audiobooks for the general public. A good example is the voiceover books that produced abridged bestsellers through top-rated actors. In 1975, an Olympic gold medalist, Duval Hecht, was one of the early pioneers of books on tape. He founded his company in California and provided mail-order rental service for the unabridged audiobook. Eventually, the company started selling their services and products to libraries as the audiobooks started becoming famous among commuters and travelers. A traveling salesman, Henry Trentman, listened to some sale tapes in 1978. Before ending his trip, he decided to develop quality unabridged recordings of classic literature, which would be read by top actors. In the long run, Trentman developed recorded books in Maryland and operated according to the model of books on tape. However, his company provided higher-quality studio recordings with professional actors. The first companies to create integrated production teams and work with top-rated actors were Recorded Books and Chivers Audiobooks. Eleven audiobook publishing companies were running by the year 1984. Notable among them were Cademon Records, Newman Communications, Medicom, Brilliance, Recorded Books, and Books on Tape. However, all the companies were relatively small, with the largest brand holding 200 titles. Buyers could get some abridged titles in bookstores, such as Walden Books. However, negligible sales figures were recorded. Several copies were sold through libraries and mail-order subscriptions. In the same year, Brilliance Audio developed a method for recording double the original cassette length. Consequently, it paved the way for affordable unabridged editions. The studio had to record on each side of the two channels of the stereo track for the method to work. With this technique, the market enjoyed some new opportunities. During September 1985, 21 audiobook publishers were recognized by Publishers Weekly. The list entailed new major publishers, including Random House, Harper & Row, and Warner Communications. Most people considered 1986 as a point of evolution for the industry, a period when it moved from experimental curiosity to reality. Several events took place during this period. For instance, a group of publishers founded the Audio Publishers Association, which is a professional nonprofit trade association. These publishers came together to create awareness about spoken word audio, as well as offer industry statistics. Audiobooks were offered to members of Time Life. Also, the Literary Guild and Book of the Month Club did the same for their members. Other clubs that offered audiobooks to their members include History Book Club, Nostalgia Book Club, Scholastic Club for Children, and Get Rich Club. In Christian bookstores, religious and inspirational titles were made available by publishers. As of May 1987, in order to cover the industry, a regular column was initiated by Publishers Weekly. By the final months of 1987, about $200 million was estimated as the audiobook market value. Also, according to a survey conducted by Publishers Weekly, 75% of regional and independent bookstores sold audiobooks on cassette. Compared to the statistics in 1984, 40 audiobook publishers were already running by August 1988, which is four times as many. During the mid-1990s, the retail value of the audiobook publishing business increased to $1.5 billion per year. The Audio Award for audiobooks was created by audio publishers in 1996, an Oscar-like award for the audiobook industry. The announcement of the nominees takes place yearly in February. 
By May, every winner would be announced during a gala banquet, an event in partnership with Book Expo America. 1996 to present During the late 1990s to the 2000s, the popularity of audiobooks skyrocketed due to some major technology breakthroughs. These include widespread internet use among end-users, portable media players, newly compressed audio formats, and faster download speeds using broadband technologies. In 1997, Audible emerged as the first mass-market digital media player in the world, namely the Audible Player. The media player was sold for $200 and can play for two hours. It was considered smaller and less weighty compared to the Walkman, the famous cassette player back then. Since the digital audiobook freed people from using physical media, such as CD-ROMs and cassettes, it is considered a significant new milestone. Rather than having to transport physical media through mail, people only need download access to online libraries that allowed unlimited size. More so, downloading audiobooks is instant. Consumers get to use relatively more portable and lightweight devices. In 1998, Audible.com developed a website where people can purchase digital audiobooks. It was the first of its kind. Hugh McGuire, a Montreal-based writer, created LibriVox in 2005. On his blog, he asked if some people could volunteer to help bring books to life via podcasting. Therefore, he started the development of public domain audiobooks with volunteer narrators. LibriVox contained a list of more than 12,000 works by the end of 2017. More interestingly, the platform releases around 1,000 works yearly. Audio Publishers Association, APA, documented the trend from vinyl, cassette, CD, MP3 CD to digital download in its annual survey. In the section on the 1970s, readers will find information about the earlier transition from record to cassette. The year 2002 marked the last year that cassettes covered more than 50% of the overall market sales. Between 2003 and 2004, CDs replaced cassettes as the major medium. According to the 2012 survey, CDs covered close to half of the total sales. This implies that it wasn't the major medium that year. Although APA didn't provide the digital download figures for the year 2012, CDs were responsible for 53% in 2011, while digital downloads covered 41%. According to the APA estimate, the sales of audiobooks in 2015 using the digital format grew by 34% over 2014. Several advancements in mobile technologies have been attributed to the reemergence of audio storytelling. These include smartphones, multimedia entertainment systems and vehicles, and tablets. On the internet, audio drama recordings are known as podcasts. The Dayan Institute of Vocal Artistry and Technology was founded in 2014 by Bob and Deborah Dayan of Dayan Audio. It is the first school for teaching the art and technology of audiobook production in the world. In the U.S., about 50,000 audiobooks were recorded in the year 2018. Audiobook production in the country maintains a sales growth of 20% year over year. So this is the history of audiobooks, and we are all excited to see this booming industry grow. Thank you for joining us on this news episode of the Audiobook Release Podcast. I'm Lee Gadel, narrator at Audiobook Release Publishing and voice actor at eAudio Productions. Thank you for listening to the Audiobook Release Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you'll never miss an episode. We value your opinion, so feel free to post a rating or review. 
For feedback, inquiries and more about our audiobook production and publishing services, visit www.audiobookrelease.com. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Audiobook Release Podcast. Brought to you by eAudioProductions.com. Audiobook Productions, Podcast Editing, Music for Media, Voice Overs, Song Productions and more.